0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the $7,500 federal EV tax credit is on the verge of returning, but not every Tesla will qualify. Meanwhile, a new government paper trail suggests that the next Gigafactory location could be in Canada. Plus, some good news about the long-awaited Tesla semi-truck, Model Y and Model 3 sales continue to soar, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, your Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 367 for August 14th, 2022. I am Ryan McCaffrey, joined, as always, by my canine co-host, Daisy the Boxer, who is relaxing on the couch next to me. She is happy, she is relieved that she finally got a walk today. Uh, It's been a bit of a bumpy week here in the McCaffrey household. We came back from our trip, not unsurprisingly with COVID, wasn't me though. My wife tested positive, but with barely any symptoms. So she had, uh, fortunately, a, a pretty easy week physically, but uh, mentally a bit a bit tougher because she was locked in her office, isolated from us, from my daughter and I the whole week. So uh, the downside to that was that I was pretty under the weather though seemingly not with COVID. I tested at home every day while my wife was testing positive every day. I kept testing negative. I even went and got a PCR test at an urgent care place to get a more reliable indicator, still negative and. Just today I'm finally pulling out of it. You might still hear a little something off in my voice, a little nasal congestion, so I do apologize for that. But I was I was feeling miserable enough that I I couldn't even get out of the house to walk poor Daisy. So today was finally the day where some normalcy returned for everyone. My wife's down to just a faint line of of positivity on that at-home COVID test. So we're hoping that tomorrow, it's Friday as I record this, so we're hoping that day I guess six is what it'll be or maybe it is even day seven that she'll finally be negative and and can stop hiding in her office but in any case uh it's it's been a good week otherwise there's been a ton of excellent Tesla news to talk about there it is a busy week I will get to that momentarily first I just want to say that I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on my patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode where I had fun. I was I was thinking, well, what do I want to do this week? What do I want to talk about for the bonus episode for the people on Patreon who were kind enough to back me on patreon.com slash Podcast, if you're curious. And so I decided to rank all of Tesla's paint colors that they've ever used. Now, I did exclude the original Roadster because those were Lotus colors. Lotus painted those bodies, and then they were sent over here. So... Starting with the Model S in 2012, every color that Tesla has ever used, I ranked them from my least favorite to my number one favorite. And did you know that there have been 14 total colors that Tesla has used over the past 10 years? It probably doesn't feel like it, particularly if you're newer to the Tesla community, because we've been stuck with the same five colors for the last several years, when, and three of those are grayscale. We have gray, three grayscale, blue and red, and that's been it for the past several years. But there have been a total of 14 paint colors. So I had a good time just giving a little kind of history lesson on each of the colors when they were introduced, when they were sunsetted, you know, when they were uh, discontinued and had fun with that. So again, if you are on the Patreon, you already got an email about that, but... If maybe you've been thinking about supporting the podcast, you listen every week, you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast, and it's the ludicrous tier, the $10 a month tier, where you will get not only access to that weekly bonus episode, but also early access to each week's show as well. All right, let's get started, because there is a ton to talk about. The big story this week, undoubtedly, as I record here late Friday night, is the $7,500 federal tax credit for electric vehicles is on the cusp of coming back. Thanks to the United States Senate passing the Inflation Reduction Act and the United States House of Representatives just late Friday here as uh, just not long after I recorded, they followed suit and passed the bill. Meaning all that's left for it to become law is for the president's signature, which will happen. Uh, there is absolutely almost a, it's a, it's a 0% chance that will not get signed and put into law. So possibly by the time you hear this podcast, it will have been signed into law. So what are the details? The big news of course, is that as before you would get a $7,500 credit back when buying your new Tesla, or of course another EV as well. However, The good news, the good new thing here is that you now get it at the point of sale. You don't have to wait for your tax return to get that credit back to you. So that is huge. That is excellent news for anybody buying an EV. But there's a downside. There are conditions here which has made it such that only one Tesla is going to qualify. So let me lay it out for you. The maximum msrp for an ev car to qualify is $55,000 meaning that only the base model 3 would qualify the long range 3 which i'm going to talk more about in a few minutes starts at $58,000 except the model 3 base version does not qualify because part of this bill stipulates that the batteries be sourced from the United States and the base model three uses the iron phosphate LFP batteries that Tesla is currently getting from China. Now, Tesla could decide to number one, lower the price of the long range by $3,000. That's a possibility. If they did that, then that car would qualify because the 2170 battery cells that go into the long range cars come from Giga Nevada and thus it would absolutely qualify. But again, hold that thought on the Model 3 Long Range for a moment. Now, if you're wondering about SUVs, the news is better. Of course, uh, the final point on sedans, as you already figured out, the Model S does not qualify because it's MSRP is well, in fact, it is double $55,000. Now, SUVs, the Model X will not qualify But the Model Y will, because the cap there on the MSRP is $80,000, meaning all three Model Y that are available in the United States, and if you're thinking, wait a minute, three? Yes, the off-menu, standard range, all-wheel drive Model Y 2.0 from Giga Texas that you can get your hands on. If you you, uh, search enough, you can get your hands on it. And then, of course, the long range and the performance models that are used, the 2170 cells, both qualify. Of course, the 4680 cells are made here in the United States. So the standard range all wheel drive Model Y from Texas would indeed qualify. However, another caveat there is an income cap in effect here, regardless of the vehicle type, whether it's a car or whether it's an SUV. If you're filing as single, the limit is $150,000 for that filing year that you purchase the car. If you're filing as head of household, it's $225,000. And filing jointly, that limit is $300,000. So, uh, and, and just to clarify, that is adjusted gross income. So if you're able to do any finance tricks to you know, maybe put some money away in non-taxed, Savings accounts, that type of thing, investment accounts that might help you still though, this is huge. The return of the tax credit, not that Tesla was having any problems selling vehicles and quite frankly, not that any EV was having problems selling currently, but this is nevertheless, of course, good news for so many of you out there, any of you that are looking to buy a model Y, which. Is many of you. It is Tesla's number one selling vehicle. It is on pace to become the number one selling vehicle in the world, possibly as soon as next year. So this is definitely going to be welcome news for a lot of you. Now, uh, the I I would hesitate to call the Model Y in any in any of the configurations affordable especially since that price tag of the Model Y has gone up by so much over the past couple of years. But that said, getting the Model Y's effective price back under $60,000 for a long range should make it a much more appealing option for more people, more families who are considering an SUV, which, as we know, is a lot of people in America because Americans love SUVs. Now, and those people are maybe cross-shopping gas-powered SUVs because the price of the Model Y has crept up as high as it has. So now, the math more obviously nets out in the Y's favor. The post-tax credit price would be under 60,000 for those qualifying buyers. The fuel costs are, of course, much lower, particularly with where gas prices have been in recent months. The safety factor is objectively very much in Tesla's favor. It's the safest car in the world, et cetera, et cetera. So I really, really hope, to circle back to the sedans for a second, I really hope that Tesla decides to lower the price of that Model 3 long range. Just Elon, you can bring it down 3K just to make your life, uh, make customers' lives much better. You'd be doing a big solid two customers. Uh, and then the other thing that I would like to see Elon and the team at Tesla do, which I have no doubt they are investigating, uh, if not, if they haven't already found a solution, I would really love to see them find a way to make the LFP batteries somehow come from America. However, they need to do that so that the base version qualifies. Because that, if that came to fruition, the base Model 3 with that 260 plus mile LFP battery that can be charged reliably to 100% all the time, suffers very little to no degradation. That car would then go under $40,000, 39.5. So that would be really, really awesome and a heck of a value. I mean, that would be my preferred choice compared to lowering the model three long ranges price. Cause again, the point is to get as many EVs into as many families, many people's possession as possible. And the best way to do that is to get the price down as far as possible. So thus that base model, that base model three, it's an excellent value. If you can get that under 40 with this new tax credit, that would just be huge. Of course, why not both? I'd love to see Tesla do both. Make the the LFP batteries American sourced through by hook or crook and uh, lower that long range model three price by $3,000. So we will see what happens. I'm sure that Tesla is already exploring the options that they have available to them. But nevertheless, big, big news. I know a lot of you have been monitoring this for a while. A year ago, there was a hope that the tax credit was going to come back and there was a bill proposed that actually would have made it more than 7,500, but it just never could get anywhere because there was a senator or two that, that wouldn't get on board. Now, we have made it to the finish line here. This is going to the president's desk. And again, by the time you hear this podcast, it may very well have been signed into law. This is awesome. Now. I said I had more to say about the Long Range Model 3, and here it is. Even if the Long Range Model 3 were to qualify for the new tax credit, if the Tesla team did lower that price by $3,000, it doesn't really matter for now, uh, because you can't get one. You cannot order one. Now, I guess I didn't say, and I should just clearly note, This is this new tax credit is going to go into effect January 1st. So if you are contemplating a purchase of, I guess, a Model Y, because that is going to be the only thing that qualifies right now, you should hope and plan. You should try to plan if possible for that delivery date to happen after January 1st, 2023. But the long range Model 3 is now unavailable. Elon Musk has followed through on his thinking aloud comment from a few months back about no longer taking orders on cars where the backlog has become insanely long. And that the Model 3 long range is the first car to fall. I don't know if we say fall victim to that, but to be affected by that, we can certainly say that you cannot order a Model 3 long range today and it looks like you will not be able to do so for at least the remainder of 2022 and we're only in mid-August here so this is going to be a while if you go to the design studio right now for the model 3 design studio the long range option is grayed out and it simply says available in 2023 you can still order the base model 3 you can still order the performance model three but the long range is a no-go for right now now i suppose that the model y long range did not suffer the same fate here because tesla has four factories making model y instead of two factories uh which is what we have making model threes so major major activity in the world of tesla that directly affects many of you who either have ordered a car or are planning to do so. Major stories this week. We will see how this unfolds in the coming months as far as the tax credit goes and if Tesla decides to make any tweaks or changes to, let's just say, the cars in general, meaning the source of the batteries or the pricing of the cars, in order to accommodate more customers with this tax credit. Now, Elon Musk has said in the past that he and he and Tesla try to always do the right thing. And I'm on record on this podcast as saying that in my opinion, they have more often than not, in fact done the right thing. So it would be really wonderful for Tesla to do right by their customers here and figure out a way to, again, it's, it's easy with the Model 3 long range, just lower the price by $3,000. They can do that. The margins on these cars are huge. I hope Tesla will take that step and lower the price of that car. The base Model 3 that I think is in fact more important, that's, that might be tougher. I mean, maybe there's a very easy solution to get those LFP batteries qualified as American batteries. Maybe it's gonna be more complicated. That I'm not sure of, but I do hope that Tesla is going to take action on those. But for now, The Model Y gets $7,500 back provided you meet the income qualifications. Next up this week, Tesla's latest Ontario, yes, Canada, lobbying activity could indicate that a Tesla factory is coming to Canada. This story comes via an exclusive from Electric Autonomy Canada, that's the name of the website, who writes, Public documents filed in Ontario in July are the first concrete evidence of Tesla's interest in either an industrial or quote, advanced manufacturing facility, end quote. Tesla has initiated talks with the Ontario government about improving the province's competitiveness for attracting manufacturing facilities per lobbyist registry documents recently filed with the province. Suspicions that the Texas headquartered electric automaker is considering setting up a factory in Canada have long been brewing, but largely they are based on what Tesla founder Elon Musk says in passing remarks on company calls and most recently at its annual shareholders meeting on August 4th. Electric Autonomy Canada can exclusively report Tesla's latest goal as detailed in its lobbyist registry. Ontario's Minister of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade, Vic Fidelli, told Electric Autonomy Canada, quote, Ontario has become a critical location for the end-to-end EV supply chain and we expect to continue to see companies from around the globe select Ontario as they expand, end quote. So kind of a nothing quote there, but also not a denial of any sort of conversations with Tesla. Well, over the course of this week, I have now in in preparing this story and reading more about this, I have learned much more about Canada's and specifically Ontario's auto manufacturing prowess. And as such, I owe Canada and Ontario an apology because last week on the podcast, I said that I didn't think Canada would make a lot of sense for a gigafactory, but I was wrong. That's it. I was wrong. Ontario would, in fact, make a lot of sense. There is talent. There is supply. There are are, uh, valuable materials there. There are facilities. There is a community there as well. So all of you agreed, by the way, uh, not that I was wrong, but that Canada would be good for the next Gigafactory. You probably also agreed that I was wrong. This week's Patreon poll, again, found every week at patreon.com slash Podcast. And the poll, just by the way, is open to anyone, whether or not you're a Patreon backer. So if you just want to go and vote every week, have fun with that. Feel free to head over there and do so. The poll this week was... Where do you think Tesla will build its next gigafactory? The choices were Canada, Northeastern USA, Southeastern USA, China, or somewhere else. And please leave your answer in the comments. Canada taking a full 50% of the votes of the 149 people who did vote this past week. So it was not even close. Northeastern USA and Southeastern USA almost tied 14% Northeast, 15% of the votes from the South voting Southeast, just 9% voting China and 11% voting somewhere else. Uh, We have mentions of Brazil, Mexico, uh, India, which is definitely an interesting one as well. Uh, Actually a few mentions of India as well. So thanks to all of you who voted and commented on that. I think you do need a Patreon account to comment, but again, you don't need one to vote. So check that poll out each week. It'll tie into one of the stories I'll talk about each week. So now we will see if we get the announcement of the next Gigafactory location from Elon before the end of the year. And if in fact it's going to be Canada next up this week, speaking of Elon Musk, he gave us an update on FSD Beta 10.13, which we've been waiting some time for now, which has been renamed following Elon's joke, but actually not joke, at the shareholder meeting last week. He tweeted this week, unprompted, FSD Beta 10.69 drops on August 20th, and then added in a follow up tweet, This release will be big. So, as you've no doubt noticed, if you've been in the full self-driving beta program, the cadence of build releases has slowed down dramatically lately. But from what Elon has previously said, not just here, but but in uh, previous tweets over the last few weeks, it sounds like this version, the artist formerly known as 10.13, is gonna have just about everything that the big version 11 that we've been waiting months for it's going to have just about everything that 11 was going to have in there aside from actually merging the highway stack and the city streets software stack now am i confident that it's it's actually going to release on august 20th considering that elon tweeted this on august 7th no because You know, we know how timelines tend to go with Elon, but I do suspect it won't be too far off from that date, if in fact it does end up needing some more time. It may very well end up hitting on the 20th after all. We'll find out soon enough, but it should be on or around August 20th. Now, here's a question while we wait for it. What comes after version 10.69? Do we drop the joke and just go back to 10.14? Or do we roll with it and move to 10.70? Obviously, it doesn't matter in the slightest. It's just fun to speculate about because, well, we've got nothing but time to kill for a little while here while we wait for this version to drop on or about August 20th. Speaking of Elon updates we got an important one about the Tesla Semi. Elon tweeting, quote, Tesla 500 mile range semi truck starts shipping this year, Cybertruck next year, end quote. You know, I was just talking about the Tesla Semi with one of the Roadster in Space tier Patreon backers during our monthly one-on-one Zoom hangout. That's the... The perk that's stacked on top of all of the other perks that the Roadster and Space Tier gets, this because you know the Semi Truck Project. The reason I'd been talking about it with that particular backer is that the Semi Truck Project had gone totally radio silent this year. After you may remember the very very end of last year. We heard that chatter about PepsiCo supposedly getting or about to take delivery of some beta versions, release candidates, if you will, of the semi delivered to them for them to go out and field test with. But that seemingly didn't happen because we have neither heard about nor seen those vehicles on the road. Now, given that silence that's extended through this entire year thus far, I had been figuring that the semi was gonna push out to early next year, 2023, followed by the Cybertruck in the middle of 2023, and just maybe, if we're lucky, the Roadster at the end of 2023. So I am thrilled to see that the Tesla semi is now scheduled to start deliveries this year. That is excellent news. If you recall back, the Tesla Semi was announced the same day as the next gen Roadster back in November of 2017. But the difference is that we've seen many, many Tesla Semi trucks out and about testing in the real world whereas the Roadster has been a ghost. And what I what I the point I am making here is that clearly there was work being done on the Semi and so it makes sense that it's now getting close. The Roadster, a big question mark. So it's great to see that it's finally almost ready for the semi-truck to get delivered to its many, many corporate customers at this point in time. Side note, by the way, one of the secret rewards, I'm using air quotes here, but that is what it was referred to as, one of the secret rewards of the Tesla referral program back in 2018 was if you got enough referrals, you unlocked the ability to drive a Tesla semi. Now, Tesla has not said a thing about that since, but they also hadn't said a thing about another of the seemingly forgotten secret reward prizes from that referral program, which was launching your photos into space. And that in fact happened this month, right at the tail end of my vacation. So I apologize, I missed talking about it last week. Those, if if you were part of that, uh, your pictures, your digital uh, time capsule is now out there in space. SpaceX took it up and it is out there. So that's pretty cool. And thus, it does give me some hope that perhaps those Tesla Semi test drives will happen. I would think they they would either occur at the Tesla factory test track or maybe just some other safe space like an airport runway or something that's wider and more difficult for you to get yourself into trouble in. And uh, it'd be fun because I was lucky enough If that prize is still going to happen, I have, I'm one of the lucky people that has it coming my way. I would love the opportunity to get in and floor it in the biggest Tesla ever made. That would be a delightful opportunity that I would have a blast with. So we will see what happens there. Next up this week, Tesla's F1 service strategy is seemingly eliminating same-day loaner vehicles, as well as Uber credits. This story was sent in to me by listener Sean Bloom, who sent me a little note that, in short, basically said, uh, Sean is, n- thinks this is not a good thing. Now, here's what he's referring to from this report on Tesla Roddy: Tesla's focus on quick and efficient service visits with inspiration from Formula One pit crews is bringing closure to the company's offering of loaner vehicles and Uber credits for same-day fixes. Now, while I was on vacation, Elon did tweet about this saying, quote, excited to work with Tesla service to enable same-hour service as often as possible, applying Formula One pit crew techniques to Teslas, end quote. Now, the Tesla Teslarati report continues saying, Despite the relatively positive ownership experience that many owners report, a common issue nearly across the board is in service. Tesla is making more changes to its service department by going all in with same day service. The company is beginning to restrict provided transportation for some owners, especially those whose vehicles can be fixed in a single day, even if it isn't necessarily a fast repair. A reader of Tesla Teslarati reached out to inform us that Tesla technicians stated they would not be able to provide transportation in any way to the customer. The repairs were expected to be completed on the same day, uh, and the, the text message from Tesla to this customer was, quote, as a reminder, we will not be able to offer any alternate transportation for the duration of your service appointment, as we aim to have all service completed by 5 p.m. Now, the customer was told by a service rep that Uber credits will no longer be offered under any circumstance, which is definitely unfortunate, because that's that's mostly what I've had. There have been one a couple of times I have had a loaner, but it's mostly been Uber credits for me, and, and some of my service appointments have been same day, some of them have been overnight, and I have used those Uber credits uh, so that I don't have to spend a bunch of money to try and get home or inconvenience, convenience, my wife who's working to have to try and, you know, come get me and then drop me back off. So here's where I think Sean's real concern comes from though, when he emailed me this story and I don't blame him and it's this, you know, maybe you're thinking the same thing that I am and that Sean is, uh, because at first you'd go, well, wait a second, getting your car back from service faster Well, that's a good thing, definitely. I mean, nobody wants to be without their Tesla overnight, let alone for days at a time whenever it's possible. But on the other hand, Elon saying same hour service and making F1 pit crew comparisons, the fear there is that that could lead to a lot of rushed work that might not be up to the standard that quite frankly, us customers deserve as people who paid... A lot of money for these cars. I mean, the reason that F1 pit crew service works in F1 racing is because those pit crews are the absolute best of the best people in the world at what they do. It's simply not realistic to have an F1 standard across hundreds and hundreds of Tesla service centers and thousands of service center employees around the country, let alone the world. Now, do I want it to, I mean, Do we want them to aim high? Yes, that's a good thing. So don't get me wrong. And that said, I do want to give Elon some flowers here because as is usually the case, I think his heart is in the right place. Again, same day service would be fantastic. Same hour service is probably unrealistic. And quite frankly, again, maybe not even something we'd want much of the time, for fear of those rush jobs. Quality has to be the priority over speed. I'm not saying it isn't, I'm just stating it to, to put it out there and make sure we're all on the same page with that. And you know, I don't envy the challenge that Tesla has, and in fact that Elon specifically has because Elon is the head of service. He appointed himself that after John McNeil left. And I don't envy that challenge of having to scale both the quality and the quantity of service as the Tesla fleet grows so quickly. But as I've said many times before, I really truly believe that service and good quality service and punctual service, meaning not having to wait two weeks to get a service appointment is the single most important task that Tesla has before them in terms of building and more importantly, maintaining the incredible owner loyalty that they do now enjoy with people like you and I. That service is vital. I'm glad to see Elon paying attention to it because we know that he's paying attention to 7,000 things a week. So the fact that he has a focus on service, that is a good thing. That typically means there will be results if he is focusing on this, but it's a careful line to walk between improving the service and speeding it up. They don't necessarily go together. Hopefully in time, they will go together, but we'll see what happens. Next up this week, uh in fact, the final they're a complimentary pair of stories I have for you. Are you tired of the Tesla is the number one selling vehicle in blank place stories yet? Because I'm sure not. Here's the latest Tesla success story, courtesy of a clip from the Squawk Box on CNBC. I'd like to tip my cap to the whole Mars blog who posted this clip on their Twitter account. Take a listen to the Squawk Box on CNBC. I'm
1: also watching Tesla because Tesla sales, they continue to surge in California. I mean, honestly, leaving the competition in the electric dust. Phil LeBeau has that story. Phil, Tesla's is killing it. They are killing it, Brian. And the reason this is important is because California is the number one auto market in the country. It is the most competitive market. Tesla's always done well there, but they have taken it to a new level in the first half of this year. This is new data from the California New Car Dealers Association. These are the number one models overall, not just among EVs, but overall. Model Y is number one. Model 3, number two. The Tesla brand sales up 82%. A big part of why Tesla does so well in California is because... Because It's got the Fremont plant right there, so as the orders come in, it's easy to quickly meet that demand. It is the largest auto-producing plant in the United States. Let me say that again. The largest auto-producing plant in the United States. The annual production right now, 600,000 vehicles. There's a report from Canaccord earlier this week that Tesla management believes they can get up to 650,000 vehicles this year. So when you take a look at overall brands, Tesla has jumped from number 10 all the way up to number two. Toyota's number one with 17.9% market share. There you see Ford and Honda. And let's see how all four of these automakers did in the last year. No surprise here that Tesla easily outperforming the competition, uh, not by a wide margin, but has done better than the competition overall in terms of uh, the returns that they have delivered uh, to their investors. Bottom line is this, guys. California is where you make your hay. It's where you can say, we can win in California. We can win anywhere. And for a long time, it's where the domestics really have struggled. They really want to do well in California. They have improved. In the last couple of years, but this is California's market right now. They're number two and gaining.
0: Phil, of course, meant that it is Tesla's market at the end of the clip there, not California's market. Simple live TV slip up. I've made the same mistake plenty of times on this pre recorded podcast that wasn't even live television. Anyway, the point is, of course, that Tesla just continues to crush it. In America's biggest car market. And while I certainly don't disagree with anything that Mr. LeBeau said there about California being the big prize, with Tesla, personally, I am more interested in seeing Tesla get to number one in other states. And the reason I say that is because California, as you all pretty well know at this point, has been as a whole very welcoming to EVs. I want to see Tesla get to number one in, say, Michigan. Now, not that Michigan is anti-EV, for my Michigan listeners, I know you guys, plenty of you out there, love EVs, love Tesla, but generally speaking, Michigan is going to be more, for lack of a better term, anti-Tesla than many other states due to the long history of the big three in Detroit being there, and and certainly... By comparison to California, somebody like a Michigan is going to be a little more resistant to at least Tesla specifically, maybe not EVs because we do have Detroit is starting to make some EVs, but you get what I'm where I'm coming from on this. Still, though, I am not trying to take anything away from Tesla's success on this. They don't just have the number one car in California, but the number one and the number two selling new car Here's my question. Can the Cybertruck get to number three on that best-selling vehicles in California list once the Cybertruck reaches volume production? I say maybe, but we'll see. It might be tough if the Cybertruck's annual run rate is about 250,000, which, as you recall, is the number that Elon told me when I got to ask him the question, that very question, back at Battery Day two years ago, versus the three and the why, which have an annual run rate of between two and four times that 250,000. Although, that said, every Cybertruck sold will be in North America, which is not true of the three and the Y. But anyway, the bottom line here is the three and the Y are dominating California new car sales. And think about this. They haven't even peaked yet. They are still ascending production volume is still ramping up it is tesla's not done here they're gonna probably continue to widen this lead and grab more of that overall brand market share where they are now number two as you heard in the clip behind toyota all right let's keep the good times rolling with our final story of the week as we head across the atlantic to europe where the Tesla Model Y was Europe's, again, all of Europe's best-selling premium SUV in the entire first half of 2022. This story was reported on insideevs.com, who writes, the Tesla Model Y was Europe's best-selling premium midsize SUV in the first half of the year, beating German rivals, including the Mercedes-Benz GLC and BMW X3 since its gradual rollout across europe started last year tesla's electric suv has been rising up the sales rankings becoming norway's overall top seller in the first six months topping sweden's sales charts in june and finishing number two overall in the uk in june actually model y sales in europe are growing so fast that the ev could potentially surpass the audi a3 to become the continent's best selling premium model outright, according to preliminary half year figures from Data Force seen by Automotive News Europe. Tesla sold 41,851 model Ys in Europe, excluding Finland and Portugal, in the first six months of the year, beating the Mercedes Benz GLC, which was not far behind 40,554 and the BMW X3 a good bit behind 31,138 the second best selling mid-size premium SUV with all electric propulsion was the Audi Q4 e-tron at 11,182 ranked 7th overall almost half of all EV sales in the segment came from the Model Y while Audi's combined EV volume of 30,612 units led by the Q4 e-tron and bigger e-tron, the regular e-tron, accounted for a third. So unlike California, which has the Fremont factory here right in my backyard, that's out there firing on all cylinders 24-7 as I record this, that factory is pumping out cars, 3s and Ys and Ss and Xs, Europe has Giga Berlin, which as we all know is still very early in its production ramp. In other words, there's plenty of room to grow and thus for the Y to become Europe's best-selling SUV period, premium or otherwise next year, maybe even sooner than that. You know, sometimes I forget that the Model Y has only been on the market for a bit over two years. I guess at this point, almost two and a half years, but not really that long. I mean, remember the first deliveries of the Model Y were right before the pandemic shut down the Fremont factory for like five weeks. And in fact, now that I think about it, the Model Y is the only Tesla that didn't get a launch party event, which was because of the pandemic. The Model S did in its day, the Model X did in 2015, The Model 3 did in 2017, and you can bet your bottom dollar that the Cybertruck will get a heck of a launch party at Giga Texas next year. And yet, the Model Y quietly soldiers on and is the biggest of all of Tesla's successes thus far. You gotta love it. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news this week. You know, I was thinking about it Uh, it's, there's always so much going on in the world of Tesla news each week, but I'm just going to commit to you right now. I am going to run that Ben Schaefer interview that I recorded right before my vacation on next week's show. Ben Schaefer, the uh, co-founder and uh, head honcho over there at unplugged performance, doing awesome aftermarket accessory and performance work with all four Tesla's. Uh, I'm going to play that for you next week. I don't want to be sitting on it for too long. I'll get it out to you guys on next week's show. It's over an hour. It's like an hour and five minutes. So expect next week's show to be a very long episode. All right, stick with me, though, on this episode. I'm not done. I'm going to come back and do some of your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Stick around for that right after this.
2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: Time to take some of your calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. A reminder that you can participate in the podcast. Call in have a chance to be part of the show. I love hearing from you. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question or comment. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at the email address teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same comment, that same call, that same question, and just dial up the Ride the Lightning Hotline itself and leave a message. That toll-free number you can dial anytime is one 888 989 8752. Again, that's one tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking it off this week from Peter in Amory, Wisconsin.
3: Hey Ryan, it's Peter from Amory, Wisconsin. Um, I feel like I have not heard about the robo snake charging thing in quite a while. And I just want to see if you have heard any updates or that's even still a thing. Um, I was just thinking that, you know, um, if Elon Musk wants to make that robo taxi reality and, you know, if there's still that idea that you could for instance, have your car drive across the nation uh, by itself, um, those charging snakes would have to be. Um, implemented for that and um, I've been to several superchargers across the nation and I have not ever seen one so I'm kind of surprised that those aren't being implemented um, so that you know you can test out how they work and eventually unveil them everywhere so that this robo taxi can work Um, so I just wanted to see if you know there's any information about that or if you've maybe seen one or what exactly the plans are for that. Thank you again for your podcast. I uh, hope everything is well and uh, have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.
0: I love this callback to the Robosnake, Peter. Thank you so much. For those of you who might be newer listeners or just relatively new to the Tesla community, what we're talking about by Robosnake is this. Back in 2015, in fact, coincidentally, exactly seven years ago, as the video on Tesla's YouTube channel was published on August 6th, 2015. And that video now has over 8 million views. Well, that video is, uh, is titled this, Charger Prototype Finding Its Way to Model S. And it showed a charging cable outfitted with snake-like scales, automatically standing the cable up like a king cobra snake and then using sensors to maneuver its way perfectly into the charging port and plugging into the car. Tesla has not said a word about this since, but that video is still on their YouTube channel. You can go watch it. And Peter, you're certainly correct that Tesla is going to need some kind of solution to charge the driverless robo-taxis. I think the big questions to answer are one, cost, and two, would you need to retrofit the many thousands of existing superchargers? And thus, because of those things, is the Charger Snake the best way to go? I mean, maybe you only retrofit one charger per station with this, and you label it as robotaxi charging only. Uh, Inductive charging is another option, but that too would cost a lot of money to rip up the parking lots and put down inductive chargers underneath the parking spots, which have the added downside of charging losses, efficiency losses. They're just not as efficient as a direct plug in. Or you could hire people to staff the superchargers and plug the robo taxis in anytime one pulls up. Similarly, other Ride the Lightning listeners in the past have called in when this has come up before, suggesting that. Maybe Tesla incentivize other drivers at that same supercharger, offering them free supercharging credits if they plug in the Robo taxi. you know, do do a little service, be a you know, do a kind kind gesture. But of course, with that one, A, you're not guaranteed that anyone will be there at all, or B that anyone will take Tesla up on the offer that the push notification to their phone makes to them to go push, uh, to go plug in the RoboTaxi. But whichever potential solution Tesla chooses for this situation, anybody that hasn't watched that snake video should do so. If you just go to youtube.com slash Tesla and search snake, it will come up right away. It is worth seeing. The next caller is Watley in San Diego, the proud owner of a new Plaid Model X.
4: Hey, Ryan, Watley here in San Diego. Hey, I've been busy beavering away trying to provision our new Plaid Model X and get everything set up the way that our performance Model 3 is with the profiles and Spotify and Netflix and all that nonsense. And it occurs to me, that if the profile and its behavior, it would define the driver based on the sensors in the seat, uh, based on the weight, then it would just know that I'm Watley, that's Maria, we're good to go, and everything else would otherwise reconcile. Right now, it's trying to determine who I am based on the phones, the phones that are often in the car together. Um, I don't know, it came to me when Elon was talking with Joe Rogan about how the airbags do so much of the work and how a seatbelt is accretive but not necessary. So I figure that there's got to be weight sensors in the seats, let's use them to great advantage.
0: Watley, this is a fabulous idea. This is one of those top shelf ideas to me that's so good it should be implemented tomorrow. Given the example that you cited about all of the telemetry data that Tesla can gather with vision cameras and other sensors in safety situations, I would have to imagine that there aren't any obvious technical hurdles to implementing your suggestion here. Of course, it goes without saying, I'm no engineer, so I don't say that with a ton of confidence, but I am putting this out there into the world, hoping that somebody, well, the right people, at Tesla, hear it. Congrats on that new Plaid Model X and thank you for your call. Next up is Andrew in Orlando. Go ahead, Andrew.
2: Hey Ryan, this is Andrew in Orlando, Florida. Noticed you've mentioned a couple times recently, in recent episodes, about your car, your Model 3, going out of warranty because you've had it now for four years. And, you know, I could tell you're concerned about it. You're, you know, like you said, I think in the most recent episode, you're uh, praying to uh, the statue of Elon that everything goes well. And, of course, get your sentiment, but I'd like to give you a recommendation. So um, I have a fairly brand new Model S long range that I took delivery of in March, but uh, I'm driving it quite. A lot. I have already have 13,000 miles on a car I took delivery of five months ago. And I'm proud of all those miles and not concerned at all because of those miles. I uh, actually got an extended warranty for my car already. So that way I have that kind of peace of mind. I already spent the money, got it taken care of, don't have to worry about saving that money later on. Uh, And my car actually now has a warranty, I think, for a good up to eight years and 130,000 miles. And I checked into this for you based on what you've told us about your car in the past how old it is, the year, the mileage you have on it. And looking at the same company that I use, uh, you're looking at maybe $3,700 to get a decent extended warranty that more than uh, doubles your mileage and, you know, about doubles your years and all that stuff. So you get plenty of coverage for years to come and miles to come. Uh, so I will uh, send you a uh, the link for the website. It's accelerateauto.com, but it's kind of spelled kind of... Funny and not actual correct spelling. So hopefully you can put this link, uh, this uh, website link in uh, the show notes and all that and give it to your listeners. Uh, Seems like a great company. They specialize in EVs, Ryan. Uh, That's all they do. Tesla and other other, uh, automakers that offer EVs. So uh, good low deductibles and full coverage and everything. So check it out.
0: Andrew, thank you very much for this. I do genuinely appreciate it. The last time I, that I had my car in for service, when I was doing my end of warranty checkup, my very helpful service advisor for that visit mentioned that she has worked with plenty of people who've used some of the third party options. Now she didn't specifically say which one I should have thought to ask, but you're not the first person that has mentioned Accelerate Auto to me. And you know, honestly, 3,750 bucks, sounds fairly reasonable to me for another four years and 50,000 miles. I mean, that basically amounts to almost a $1,000 per year, but it's one of those things where if you get one major item, like say the MCU dies, it would very quickly become worthwhile. I'm gonna seriously consider this. I gotta talk to my wife about it. We haven't really been able to have our usual financial meetings because she's been just locked away with COVID, but uh, I anticipate this weekend we'll get some normalcy back. So thank you again for calling in. And again, the URL there, if you were curious from what Andrew was mentioning, it's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O XcelerateAuto.com slash care X-C-A-R-E. One more caller this week. It's Jason from Temecula, California.
3: Hey, Ryan, this is Jason from Temecula, California i uh, not sure if it's been said yet, but the Model X seven-seater is finally coming out. I was a early uh, down payment on that when it was under $100,000, and I just got an email saying that if I didn't verify I still wanted the car, that they were going to remove my order. I did promptly verify that, yes, I still wanted the car, and my date for picking up the car went from between September to November to October now, so... Hopefully, we'll see more seven-seater Model Xs out on the road. Thank you for what you do. Take care.
0: Jason, thank you very much for this production update. It's great to see Tesla finally building more than just the six-seat Model X. Even though the six-seater is my favorite X configuration, not everyone agrees, and hence, that's why Tesla offers three of them. Plenty of people have a need or desire for that seven-seater, And then, of course, there's the five-seater option as well. So hopefully this is a good sign that Model X production is finally starting to ramp up. And in fact, your call, Jason, inspired me to take a look at the Model X design studio, where sure enough, both the six-seater and seven-seater orders now show the same delivery estimate window March to June of 2023, whereas the five-seater shows July to October of 2023. So clearly, just from that you can infer that the 5-seater is not yet in production, but the 7-seater is a go. I hope you get your new X soon and thanks again for calling in. Thanks to everybody that took the time to call in. I will uh actually I'll be honest with you, I will not be doing any phone calls next week. Because as I said, I'm going to play you that Ben Schaefer interview from Unplugged Performance. So that's over an hour. Uh, It'll still be a very long show. But I will get back to your phone calls in just a couple weeks. So if you do want to call in on any of the topics that you heard discussed today, feel free to call in. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. But stick with me. I'm not done yet. There is more Ride the Lightning coming up for you right after this. As you might expect, there's nothing going on with my car this week because I was under the weather and didn't go anywhere. But I will give you an entertainment recommendation before your pro tip of the week. How about a game for Xbox and PC? It's on Xbox Game Pass, in fact. It's called Escape Academy, and it is a first-person puzzle game. It's Escape Rooms. If you've ever done one in real life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in fact, This game was designed by people that have designed real life escape rooms. I got to preview the game and talk to one of the designers at a game event that I was at a work event about a month and a half ago, something like that. And it's out now and it's, it's on Xbox game pass. If you have that subscription and it's really good, you can play it either by yourself or in a split screen two player co-op mode and work together on the puzzles. So Uh, It's pretty good. I had a really good time playing a chunk of it and I intend to play some more. So take a look at that. If you're interested, it is certainly a family friendly, all ages appropriate game. Here's your pro tip of the week. It's from Corey in Westchester, New York.
5: Hey Ryan, thanks for everything you do. And I hope Daisy is living a best dog's life. Uh, I'm calling because I've got somewhat of a deep track pro tip for you. Um, I'm someone who likes to listen to music on my USB device for two reasons. One, because I lose signal in my area pretty consistently, Uh, just a hilly area. We don't get a lot of uh, reliable cell phone signal. And also, I like to listen to higher quality music, higher resolution, higher bit rate. Um, So I listen to my USB device a lot. But they give it no love in the interface, and when you go back to it from a different audio source, you've always got to start from scratch. Um, So what I learned was, if I go to something like Spotify or radio or something else, and I want to go back to the USB device, you can't select it from the screen because it starts you from scratch. But if you use the voice control and you say, play songs on USB has to be very specific because I've said play songs on USB device and it comes up with a whole bunch of songs that start with USB device or tries to find something really weird. Uh, But if you say play songs on USB, it actually brings you right back to where you were. I've tested it with shuffling all songs. I've tested it with playing albums and it just brings you right back to where you were. So play songs on USB is a nice little trick if you happen to listen to songs on your USB device and go to other audio sources too. Hope that helps.
0: Corey, thank you. First of all, since you were kind enough to say something nice about Daisy, I should share that early in this coming week, I have a cardiology follow-up with Daisy, for Daisy. It's the first one in about four months, I think. And this is the one where they're gonna take another look, another uh, listen to her heart, And if everything is still looking as good as it's been, she is going to officially go off all of the medications. She's been tapering. We were down to just one on a, like a half dose. And so I am hopeful and reasonably confident at this point that she's going to be able to completely go off of the heart medications that, I mean, at one point I thought, well, she'll be on these for the rest of her life. And That's fine if she survives and she lives her life. And now to have this to to have come so far that she may, in fact, be able to completely get off of heart medications, that would just be awesome. So I'll have an update on her next week. But she's doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Now, as to your pro tip, what an absolutely fantastic pro tip here, Corey. It absolutely does help to answer your question. And and that's a pretty deep cut by the way that you called in with here. I don't know how the heck you found it, but I'm glad you did. Thank you for calling in. I've definitely learned something new about my car today and I suspect this will be helpful to a lot of your fellow listeners as well. It's much appreciated. Thanks again, Corey. And if anyone else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, please do call in with it. I love learning stuff in general. And I really love learning new stuff about Teslas. So you can call in the same way that you call in to the regular Ride the Lightning hotline, which I gave you the instructions for a little while ago. Okay, before I hit the road here, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully help you out and maybe everybody helps each other out here. So first up, abstractocean.com. That is the website that you wanna go to to check out all kinds of fantastic aftermarket Tesla accessories from interior lighting kits of various brightnesses and different colors as well to the uh, tempered glass screen protectors that are corning glass, the aluminosilicate stuff, the same stuff Gorilla uses, Gorilla Glass. All kinds of things, they've got it sorted by car. So whichever Tesla you have, you just click on Model 3 or Model Y, and it will show you everything that abstractocean.com has available for your vehicle. There's just so much good stuff. you got to take a look, and if you like anything, throw it into your cart, and then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that coupon code RTLPODCAST, which is all one word. The snap plate, if you need a front license plate on your Model 3, probably uh, for regulatory, legal reasons, well, don't use the one that Tesla gives you, because that one sticks on with automotive tape. Get a snap plate, it is well worth the small investment it takes to purchase one, because then... It'll go on cleanly and come off cleanly if you ever want to take it off. Get yours at everyamp.com RTL. So it's a clean, minimalist design. It leaves no unsightly hardware behind when you take it off. It is the way to get rid of uh, those fix-it tickets, to not be subject to them, whether you're going through a toll road or a bridge or you're going to be parked at a parking meter. And then when you're detailing your car or taking it to a car show, cars and coffee, take it off. So it'll look a little better. So get yours again. Pardon me one more time. That was a nice little stumble. Everyamp.com slash RTL. And then Budget Safe Solar. Budgetsafesolar.com. So again, every Tesla owner has a good idea, if not the exact knowledge of exactly what your electricity rates cost to fuel your Tesla. But that's based on today's rates. Nobody knows how much those rates are going up over the next half decade to decade or more, unless you've got solar. So if you've thought about getting solar at your home and or office, you can contact friend of the show, budgetsafesolar.com, whose motto is capping tomorrow's energy costs today. I have done just that. I've signed a contract with budget safe solar, uh, this coming week, we're going to have our site survey. They're going to come and take a look at our electrical panel, which I don't anticipate there being any problems with there. Uh, and then they're also going to go up and take a look on the roof to see if we can get all of the panels that were drawn up for us in the design phase of the program. So again, I'll be keeping you fully up to date on my experience with BudgetSafeSolar.com. again, Take a look at Tesla by all means, see if Tesla is gonna work for you. But if for whatever reason it doesn't, as it didn't for me, give these guys a look. BudgetSafeSolar.com. They operate in all 50 states, so no worries about that. And if you do proceed with an installation, humbly, uh, I humbly ask that you please use my referral code, which is RTL. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, If you and your car are going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay area and you want to treat your car to a spa day, perhaps ceramic coating, perhaps paint protection film over some or all of the car, perhaps paint correction, perhaps some combination of those. Go to irdetailing.com and you can reach Jeff, the owner and proprietor, master detailer, Jeff McGovern, he's a wonderful person and a really skilled detailer. He's done wonders for my car over the four years that I've had it so far. I Dare I say, I don't say this in a bragging way, I, I say this with all credit to Jeff, I think my car looks better today after four years and 44,000 miles than it did on delivery day. That's how good Jeff is at detailing. So again, irdetailing.com if you're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area with your car. And if you book any work with Immaculate Reflections, just mention when you're reaching out, say, hey, I'm a listener of Ride the Lightning. May I please have that discount? And Jeff will say, yes, you may. Next is puretesla.com RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups, 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit, and $69 if you want to step up to the 256 gig kit. Comes fully formatted, ready to go, right out of the package, free shipping anywhere in the US, which is a very nice bonus. And they also have those nice slimline wireless game controller kits as well. If you do play a lot of games in your Tesla, those are also on puretesla.com slash RTL. So check out either or both of those products if they are of interest. And finally, Jada, with their Jada Hub console. I'm informed by Jada just today, they just had a big restock of all their products. So everything is there in stock, ready to go for you, should you place an order. The Jada USB Hub console is a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple Watch charger, and AirPod charger, all in one, no tools required to drop it into your center console, but it looks factory it looks stock which i love it's a great product i use it myself and then uh, i also use because i have an older model 3 that did not include a wireless charger just built in from the factory so if you're like me i highly recommend the jada wireless charging pad they're up to their fourth generation version of that i'm on generation 3 in my car and that's awesome so gen 4 is even better Get yours at this admittedly kind of annoying link, but if you are so kind as to use this link because full transparency, they'll throw me a couple of bucks from the sale if you come in through this link that you're coming in from Ride the Lightning. Uh, in exchange for doing that, I'll give you a coupon code that will give you a nice discount on your order. So the referral link that I kindly ask that you use is getjada.com REF slash eight and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A, and that coupon code I promised you is RTL. Finally, I mentioned the Patreon near the top of the podcast, so just real quick. Uh, Again, I do this podcast every single week for the last seven years. I've got the receipts to show it. I put a lot of heart and soul and hard work and research and time into this thing, and I love doing it, but it is out there for free, if uh, and it'll always be free, to be clear. But if you do see it in your heart to so voluntarily support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning at some point in time, maybe now is the time, maybe next paycheck's the time, whatever the case may be, I kindly ask that you visit my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, The pledge tiers start at just five bucks a month and that the $5 a month will get you early access to each week's show. The $10 a month tier, that ludicrous tier I mentioned at the top, that'll get you early access and those weekly bonus mini episodes that I'm doing. And there's uh, they keep going from there too, if you want to take a look at that. But again, uh, kindly someday take a look at that. That's all I ask. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can email me anytime. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And that, oh, I guess I'll mention too, if you're not already subscribing for free on your favorite podcast service to this podcast, please do so because that means the podcast will just push out to you Every time there's a new episode automatically, which, of course, is like clockwork. Every new episode is on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Unless you're with me on Patreon, then you get early access. But in any case, uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, just in audio-only form, but you can search ride the lightning tesla on youtube and you'll find my channel which you can subscribe to very easily if if that is your preference and with that let me say hello and thank you to the plaid maximum plaid and roadster in space tier backers before i go first the grandfathered in plaid supporters as the plaid tier has been sunsetted but i want to thank george cassiopo david brander Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Parella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, I gotta see those guys again soon, it's been too long, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. The Maximum Plaid backers. Thank you very much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Matt Asbury, Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental Oahu, Halobengals.com, Chris Pratt, and Ken Epstein. And finally, an extra big thank you to the Roadster in Space to your backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. Thanks so much to all of you on any of the Patreon tiers, because your, your Patreon support does make a meaningful difference in my life, my family's life. I thank you for it. And for a snoozing Daisy the Boxer, I'm not too far behind. It is approaching midnight here on the West Coast on Friday night as I finish up this episode of the podcast. Honestly, I'm just glad I got through it without my voice either being congested or cracking or any of that stuff. I Thankfully, I guess I timed my uh, being under the weather just right so that I was feeling better right in time to do the podcast, which thank goodness for that. So I hope all of you out there are well. Uh, Happy electric motoring to all of you. And I will see you back here next week.